Well, you know, it's always meant to be fun. The whole act of running itself is fun and like working to get your, you know, get your time faster, like work harder to like improve and achieve what you want to achieve. But there's definitely days where you go out and like you don't want to go out. It's like really early in the morning and you'd rather just stay home and sit on the couch and relax. And um, sometimes it's not fun to like actually get out of the house. But then um, once you get out of the house, then it's, it's always fun. Koto, that was Sebastian Salisbury. I'm Matt Raymond. I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio, interesting conversations with interesting runners. Dirt Church Radio is brought to you by Currens. Now, if you haven't heard of it yet, Currens is a 100% natural blackcurrant supplement used at the top levels of sport and by runners like Ryan Carr, who we've had on the show, Sean Collins, The Running Beast, and I don't know if you've heard of her, she's a plucky up-and-coming runner from the west coast of the South Island by the name of Ruth Croft, is it? Is that yeah, I think that's ring, how you pronounce ring yeah. Bell? Yeah, Ruth yeah, Croft. So. Some Ruth Croft character. Mm. I think she's quite good at running, but she uses Currens as well. Look, there's been over 30 published studies on the sensational performance, energy and recovery benefits for athletes. You can only get this type of black current here on the Canterbury Plains because it's so freaking cold and so blazing hot. And whatever the magic works, I don't know. You don't have to eat two kilos of black current to get the benefit. You take a little capsule or two little capsules if you're (coughs) over 75 kilos like I am. And um, you feel good. Your muscles feel good. You feel regenerated. I don't have sore legs. I'm sure Ruth Croft's got sore legs, but she earned sore legs. And, you know, I've been taking it for a month. I'm noticing the benefit, and I'm not not a supplement guy. So you're not going to take the money-back guarantee? Because there is one available, you know? Yeah, this is mad. There's a money-back guarantee. So if you buy Currens, take Currens, think not into Currens, they will give you your money back if you're not getting the... Recovery. recovery benefits. If you get mm. like a compound fracture and say, I took Karen's and my leg snapped, then nish. Probably not covered. But mm. if you, yeah, it's a money back guarantee. And if you use the code DIRTCHURCH at currensnz.co.nz, um, you're going to get 20% off your first order. So not only are you getting 20% off, you're getting a money back guarantee. Um, you can experience the same recovery benefits as, as Ruth Croft, myself. Ryan Carr. Uh, Sean, Sean Collins. Collins. I mean, one of those things isn't like the others, but you know. Oh, and me. Uh, Currens, C U R R A N Z dot C O dot N Z. Do it. Uh, the other thing you should do is you should get your eyes on the Ultra Spire Zygos 5 on yeah, its way. Ult- Ultra Spire Zygos 5 landing soon in July, which is imminent. And Do you think Grant's going to be out the airport with like those things like you know, waving his hands above his ear, directing the traffic in. Yeah, I think the he, I th- or is it I a ship? Is. Maybe it's a ship. Maybe he'll swim out to the ship. I don't know. Maybe. But he's going to be so excited because we're excited. Can't imagine how excited he is. Yeah, get your pre-orders and go to ultraspire.co.nz for the new Zygos Five, uh, their flagship, do anything, go anywhere pack, uh, ideal for Aotearoa New Zealand races. Um, lots of get upgrades. All that compulsory gear in. All of it and more. Um, mm. You could, you could even phone pocket, yeah. maybe. Oh, whatever recovery s- 
supplement, you a little pocket, you could put that in there. I mean, I don't want to cross cross pollinate, but there you go. There you go. Um, There you go. There you go. And you should also get on down to um, your further faster. If you're an Otatahi Christchurch, get into the store, make sure you sing the jingle, keep keep Rocky happy. But if you're not, get on to uh, furtherfaster.co.nz, check out their amazing array of gear uh, and general goodness. So they do such good things for the community, those folk. Amazing. Amazing. Mm. They've got something like further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go to further, faster now. Oh, further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go to further, faster now. Churchurch Radio. Episode 199 of Dirt Church Radio. We made it. Nearly a double century. Nearly, Nearly a double, double century. century. Which is kind of momentous. I mean, you know, probably not as momentous as uh, the achievements of one R. Croft of Stillwater Greymouth. No. Holy friggin' moly. Wow. Yeah. We have a, uh, we have a Kiwi champion of, of the Western States. That's an extraordinary sentence, isn't it? You know, yeah. like four years ago when we started out. Um, no, but a Kiwi champion of Western States. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Mm. Well, actually, well, totally if, you, if you know mm. Ruth, totally believable, but we mm. are proud, pleased as punch and, uh, you know, a little bit little bit chuffed by associations. So, you know. We should have a party. We should have. Well, what we're going to have a party. What about on Saturday? What about on Saturday? We're having yeah. a party. We're having a live show. We're having a 200th live show which you hear about more and stuff you should know because we don't want to kind of mm. bury the lead here. But talking about great things, man, what a nice run at the weekend uh, you and I had in the dark under the stars, actually navigating by instruments rather than vision because we did basically the whole two and a half hour run under the cover of darkness. Yeah. So all we could see was uh, the stars and what was in our little bubble of lights from our, our head torches and it was amazing, wasn't it, being able to run, sort of knowing where you are, but not being able to see, having no visual clues. And that one time that I doubled back and checked a road sign just to make, or a, a sign for Spinlays Road, is it, which is one of the exits from the forest, just to make sure that we were where I thought I was. Um, yeah, it was it was great fun. Uh, and uh, I mean, sorry about the early start. Sorry about that. No I, reasons, I, I, but but it was kind of nice, and you know. It's good to get out early. What do you you call them? The perfect crime runs. Perfect crime run. Got home, family still asleep. Um, you know, shower and some breakfast and and sort of like reading a book and chilling out and and then you kind of look up and oh, it's, it's nine o'clock. Um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. And as we referenced last week, you know that we we took that run on that trail. You know, going oh, I wonder if this is the last time we'll ever get to do this. Uh, the, the yellow bucket's gone. So it's gone. You know, yeah. It was gone. It was actually gone the day after we ran on it. So, wow, wow, we might have been the last ones to run down. Oh, probably there would have been people later on that day. But, but um, yeah, I mean that's the the kind of, I guess the thing about running in a in a plantation forest it changes all the time. But yeah, lucky we got that last run in. Um, look, that episode last week, it's got to go down as one of the greats. Yep. Rolling interview slash esoteric, wonderful, hallucinogenic conversation, book review, uh, rolling COVID fever dream, um, mm. you know, nepotistic 
launch pad for a for <laughs> <laughs> for for a middle child. Um, that was our episode with Christopher McDougal, and you yeah. know. Plenty of shout-outs for Lola. That was, if, uh, if you know, I do say so myself. So. Mm, yeah. mm. Great, yeah. great cameo. Absolutely. And that yeah. really was kind of a, you know, a, a dream come true. And keeping it with, you know, you could say that trail and ultramarathon running is an older sport, but keeping it keeping it under firmly under 20 this week, mm. we have um, Sebastian Salisbury, who, you know, a bit of an ultra-running Phenomena, 16-year-old in the United States. He's been running ultras so long, we can basically count him as a veteran. Um, 13-year-old, he completed the 100-kilometer Black Canyon Ultra. And he's gone and done a bunch more, including his Rim to Rim at the Grand Canyon, accompanied by none other than the Max King. Um, is he, uh, you know, he's, he's got his head screwed on. Uh, he's coached by Hayden Hawks. In fact, he crewed Hayden Hawks uh, at Western mm. States this this past weekend and someone, I, I mean, I get the sense he's really kind of going somewhere and, mm. um, you know, no matter of your age, you will get something out of this, including, or if nothing else, the fact that bears are terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I took away. That's something I won't forget, but, um, no, yeah, you, it's, yeah, as you, as you said, Matt, you know, no matter how old you are, you're going to get something from this conversation. Um, so we should crack on because we've got Western States cover as well. But just quickly, thank you to our Patreon patrons. Um, look, we took a long time to start up on the old Patreon because oh, 60 frankly, plus we episodes. Bit, yeah, we're a bit, bit awkward about bit fucking about it. But, but to be honest, it's been great because it helps us cover lots of the costs of putting the show on and do some things that we hadn't, we wouldn't have otherwise have been able to do. Um, during these last almost 200 episodes and we're extremely grateful for the support if you want to set up a regular donation or make a one-off then you can find us at patreon.com slash dirt church radio but if you're not into that for whatever reason that is totally totally cool too and we are still here for you we're having a party we're having a live show. We're having a celebration. Uh, Halatau Brewery, Coatesville Riverhead Highway, kick off at 1 p.m. on Saturday, July the 2nd. Yeah. Um, one of the, We've got some great, great guests, uh, although COVID has taken one of them out. But um, oh, no. we've got some cool giveaways. They're not uh, dead. They're just isolating. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we've got some cool giveaways. One of them is courtesy of our friends at Ironman who've given us an entry for the Tarawera Ultra and you can choose the 102, the 50 or the 21K. Uh, you had to put your name into the hat and we'll draw a winner during the show. We also have a Kepler entry to give away Absolutely. thanks to Scott running at New Zealand, um, which, you know, Kepler entries open on Saturday morning, the morning of the show. Yep. So if you're not quick enough to have been able to Secure yourself an entry to this iconic race. Um, come along to the live show and um, have a crack at either a Tarawera or a Kepler entry. And statistically, with the Kepler entry, you won't be quick enough. Um, and <laughs> those not familiar with the race, you're thinking, oh, yeah, what's he talking about? It's sold out in four seconds. Was it four seconds? Oh, four point something seconds it sold out last bl- year? Blink and you miss it. Blink and you miss it. Um, make sure you got all the registration done and all that sort of stuff that you need to have done before. Yep. And um, anyway, da 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 da. That's I'm just looking a PSA. Up there on top of my wardrobe at some Cielli, uh apparel and hats <gasps> from our. Yep. It's, it's gone beloved from your table. Friends at Last it was on your table. Yep. You've moved it up. Out of sight, up, out of mind. But, out of, good um, idea. Good idea. Moving it from temptation. But 
we mm. gave away uh, a Tarawiri entry last week to Caitlin Knox, and that was a fantastic feeling. Mm. Uh, and we're giving away one this Saturday, and we'd like to give one more away. Mm. If you send in a greatest bloody run ever before July 10th, you go into the draw to win an entry. You send it in your greatest run ever to dirtchurchradio at gmail.com and tell us about your greatest run ever. We've had some amazing entries so far, but just quickly, you know, your chances of getting picked out of the draw are pretty good at the moment. So mm. if you've ever thought about sending one in, please do. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of like, we usually give you the stick about sending one in. This time we're, twice, we're handing out the carrot as well. A little bit of a carrot. Yeah. Um, look, let's get on with it because the weekend was all about Western States. But just before we dive into that uh, and the gloriousness of Ruth Croft's, Ruth Croft's victory, we've got to shine the light on Caitlin Fielder. Holy moly. You know, second at Mont Blanc Marathon, part of the Golden Trail Series. A huge, huge achievement uh, and one that Coach John O'Wyatt will be just as proud of as he will have been of his other protege, uh, Ruth. So, you know, Caitlin's had a, she's been on the show a couple of times. She said, and as you know, she's had a, a bumpy couple of years with this whole COVID thing interfering with her dreams of racing in Europe and, you know, a couple of injuries, including that hip surgery, um, which, you know, she couldn't even walk after for mm. ages. But, you know, she, she has made it count when she needs to. And you can see that she just loves racing. And this weekend was just super incredible for her to come away with that great result. Congratulations, Caitlin. Over in Poland, Daniel Jones, I mean, talk about, you know, from Aotearoa getting after it. Mm. Uh, he took on his third 100 kilometres in a short space of time and he really went out the gate flying as only Daniel can. But ultimately, whether it was the steepness of the course, which looked, frankly, bonkers, um, or the three races in quick succession, he ended up paying the price, but he still managed to finish. So, you know, super gutsy, super strong. Mm, mm, mm. If you want to look at an intense finish, uh, Zach Miller, who we've had on the show, um, his finish at the North Face 50-mile in San Francisco is one of the most intense race finishes Ever, mm. if you want to emulate, if you want to get a sense, or go watch that, and then watch Zach's finish at the Andorra 100 uh, just this weekend. So Andorra 100 by UTMB. You know Zach hasn't raced for ages. He's been again the pandemic, an injury, yep. and up coming in the woods. up in the woods. Well, he's not up in the woods. He's in a bus now. So he stopped oh, being yeah, the caretaker yeah. at Bar yeah. Camp, and he's roaming yeah. around in a, in a bus that he, you know, in true Zach Miller fashion painstakingly uh, renovated. But that finish line, that win looked so special, so intense. Um, yeah, well done, bro. Props. Mm. Totally, totally. And look, just just finally, before we get into the Western States, uh, yeah, but um, shout out for my coach, Mark Green, winner of his first 100-mile race over in Australia at the weekend, the brilliantly named Unreasonable East, uh, which is the sister event to the Delirious West and the Irrational South who comes up with these names, in the Blue Mountains. Um, well, the other ones obviously aren't, but Unreasonable East and the Blue Mountains. Uh, they all feature a 200-mile event, by the way, and you can do it the Triple Crown, which is the three of them uh, like two months apart, I think. So three of them in four months. Oh. Anyway, uh, Mark was victorious in the 100-mile on, he reckoned, beforehand, not much training. So I'm going to look for a full debrief from him. Anyway, well done, coach. Okay. The big Western dance. States. Third fastest time in history. In the 49 year history of the event, 1721. 
She also has the sixth fastest time too, by the way, which is pretty awesome. Which, you know, like imagine that. You bump yourself out of the top five. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, I've been bumped out of the top five. Oh, by me. Right, okay. It's almost some Marvel multiverse type stuff, but um, (laughs) the incredible Ruth Croft. um, Like 48 miles into the race, uh, top three women were still together and it looked amazing and and Ruth described it as a Sunday run which is, is pretty well maybe her Sunday long run certainly not our Sunday long run um, mm-hmm. she looked so composed and relaxed throughout having fun her crew had fun too you know her partner Martin Alex Varner and David Thompson and yeah I mean I guess if you run that well into Auburn you get the, the, the dinosaur costumes come out right? Yeah I mean We've got to talk about that. I mean, let nothing take away from her amazing, amazing victory. But that finish line shot of the dinosaurs coming out of the tracks, as I've just said to you before we started, uh, certainly very excited two-year-old in our house watching the dinosaurs come along uh, towards the finish line. But, you know, Ruth, uh, and shout out to I Run Far and their amazing coverage again, Uh, she, she credited having fun as being a huge part of what got her there. Um, she just really wanted to, to have fun. And, and um, I've seen Martin say that the, the smile on her face when, when he told her that there were going to be dinosaurs uh, chasing her <laughs> into, into the finish line uh, was, you know, something he'll never forget. So, you know, she said that she felt horrible, um, but she just kept one foot in front of the other, kept that going. And, um, she felt like the course was owning her, but then got into race mode um, after going to the river and and just took the lead. And before halfway, and away she went. Yeah, mm. but she had a pretty bumpy um, up, uh, you know, intro. What am I talking about? Build up, a lead in. Yeah, yeah. She got COVID in Flagstaff, which um, John I told her to keep quiet because he didn't want it to interfere. You know, have other people go oh. Oh, you've had COVID. Oh, you know, and sort of like it become a negative thing, you know, yep. sort of mentally negative thing. Um, an Achilles injury, two sprained ankles. Um, but yeah. <sighs> Amazing. Un- unstoppable Amazing. by human means. It, it will all, uh, it, it would appear. Mm. But look, I mean, she's got a race. All dinosaurs. Exactly. Race, well, they're not human. Race coming up, they're the only thing that could take it down. A race in October and a beach holiday in Mexico first. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, and she in the coverage that I saw, she was certainly saying, "No, nah, I'm done. I'm done with um, Western states." Um, but I, but I do have my eyes on UTMB, as she's said to us before, hasn't she? So, wow. Yeah. Oh, watch out. Look, quick note on another couple of DCR alumni: Camille Heron, a gutsy race after spending a bunch of time throwing her guts up onto the trail. You know, mm. she ran strong, finished. She was in. She was in and out of the top ten, wasn't she? At one point, finished. Yeah, eighth. she got up to third um, at one point. Yeah, late in the race, finished eighth in eighteen fifty one. And she said, you know, she talked about how what a gut. You know, she's so happy with the finish because it's a, a race that's kind of eluded her and it's outside of her comfort zone. Mm. Um, Lucy Bartholomew, you know, has finished third in the past. Not her day. She had a fall, concussed herself, banged her head on a rock and um, made the sensible decision to withdraw. I mean, she was vomiting, she mm. was seeing spots and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, you know, yeah. head injuries are no fun. So no, hope you no. recover quickly, Lucy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, in the men's race, Adam Peterman, who, you know, he won a golden ticket race to qualify 
uh, you know, just two months ago and then turns up and basically throws it down. Uh, he took the lead outright after just 70 miles, oh, sorry, just after 70 miles um, from Hayden Hawks and he, and he just didn't look back and, um, you know, Adam won in 15-13, 34 minutes clear of Hayden. Hayden was clearly extremely stoked with his race, um, chucking his water bottles down at the finish line and yahooing. Um, you know, and, and who can blame him after running in second until mile 92 last year before hitting the wall and coming home in eighth, um, which we talked about him, talked about with him in episode 191. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I you think about a, a runner spiking his water bottles onto a track, it, you know, you think, well, that doesn't sound very, you know, wild or exuberant, but you can certainly, if you watch it, it's it's hard not to get a bit G'd up by how stoked he is coming across that yeah, finish line. Um, totally. And shout out to Adam Kimball, who we caught up with, or you caught up with at Tarawera in 2020. You know, apart from the dino display from Ruth, he certainly captured plenty of attention by finishing with his baby. Yeah. And Mm. James Mm. Bland, we've got to give a shout Mm. out to James Bland. So James Bland turns up to um, turns up to relapse this year. He's like, yeah, I'm on the. I've come from I've come from Wanganui to win relapse. We're like, whoa, okay, that's a bold statement of intent. And uh, by the way, I'm on the waiting list for Western States. And we're like, oh my god, how? What? You know. What, what what place are you? He's like fifteenth. Fifteenth. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> He's fifteenth mm. on the waiting list with one entry, with one ticket. Mm. Um, mm. Amazing. He I made hope it. You weren't listening, Andrew and Tom. Yeah, he made it. Uh, he made it just shy of twenty four hours, which is amazing. I think it's twenty three fifty five and change. He came in. So. Oh, I thought he was like twenty three thirty. Okay. But. Well, we'll have a fight about it after. Well, um, we will. We will. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's twenty three thirty fifty five. But there was a 55 Maybe. in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> Maybe it's 55 hours. 20. No. Yeah. No, he wasn't. He was sub 24. Yeah. But he got a silver buckle. So. Yeah. Money or the bag, Wanganui. Well done. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, okay. That's an incredible uh, weekend of Western States. We love that weekend. Um, our refresh buttons don't. And look, check out, if you haven't before, I Run Far. Um, and the and the uh, the YouTube feed was good as well. Yeah, um, which the race brings you. So, yeah, get amongst it next year if you if you want some fun. Greatest, Greatest run, run ever. ever. Greatest run ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write in and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. So it might just be a run around the block, something that's sunk to you for some reason. And if you send them in before July 10th, you could just go and win a bloody Tarawera entry. So send could them be in. That time you got chased, chased to the finish line by dinosaurs. Might be. I think Ruth's probably got a Tarawera entry, having what being the current 100K <laughs> champion. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, she could send it in. in. Indeed, she could. Anyway, this one's mm. from Joe Benbo, who says, I've already done a greatest run ever, so this one is a bit different. This is my greatest silver lining run ever. And it says, Diary of a Frustrated Runner's Week in Home Isolation. Four times the Wellington Marathon has been postponed or cancelled in the last two years. July 2020 postponed to August due to lockdown number one. August 2020 cancelled due to still being in level two. June 2021 postponed to October due to another lockdown thanks to that Aussie tourist. October 2021 cancelled due to the Delta lockdown. So with the event finally getting underway this year, it was with huge excitement that I picked 
Picked up my race number on Saturday, ready to break my PB of 327 after a solid training block, leaving me feeling fitter than I've ever been. And then, later that afternoon, it happened. Sasha appeared in the garden, clutching the small piece of plastic with the two dreaded lines. Just one week in her new teaching job had led to a positive rat test. Bugger, bed for her and seven days of isolation for the rest of us. I must admit, in the heat of the moment, my initial response perhaps lacked a bit of empathy. And he's put in parentheses, sorry, darling. In a year of race cancellation disappointments, I was ill-prepared for this one, but such is life in these crazy times. The next day was a bit of an emotional roller coaster, reading proudly yet enviously of friends' achievements on what turned out to be a great racing conditions, whilst preparing for a week of nursing, prepping meals, working from home and homeschooling the kids. Running had to take a back seat, as it often does when life gets in the way. Other than a couple of clandestine walks with the dog, we are pretty much housebound. By Wednesday, cabin fever had well and truly set in and I had to escape for a run. So first thing in the morning, I put on my shoes, walked out the door and ran as fast as I could. 19.5 minutes later, I had a 5k PB in the bag. It's surprising how performance-enhancing emotions can be. And then with today being a public holiday and us all testing negative, I had a window to finally get out and go for a long run, so I decided to run the marathon that I wanted to do last week. At 7am, I headed out into the chilly, windless morning just as the red hues of dawn were cresting the horizon. Now running 42 laps of Quarry Park wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea, but it would do just fine today. Feeling swift and confident, I was able to get into the flow and just run steady lap after lap after lap. I finished in 3 hours and 12 minutes, which included a 3 minute loose stop, shaving a whopping 15 minutes of my previous PB and justifying the months of effort. Completing this training block. It wasn't the race I wanted, but it was the run I needed. There was no finish line celebration, applause or medal, but the warm feeling of achievement burned just as bright. So all's well that ends well. Sasha is recovering well. The kids can go back to school. I can turn my attentions to Topor, the next race in the calendar. And then he says, P.S. Actually, there is a medal because the very kind Wellington Marathon race director, Michael Jacques, has offered to send me mine in the post for having completed the run. What a legend. Wow, Joe. Um, yeah, I mean, that old COVID has thrown a lot of curveballs at us <laughs> in the last couple of years. <laughs> Um, so stoked that you got to get in that. I'll take the yeah, greatest silver lining run. It's yeah, brilliant. 100%. Mm. And I would like to point out as well that Joe getting out and doing a run in no way contravened or broke mm. any rules of home no. isolation because you are allowed to recreate no. in your neighborhood. Indeed you are. Indeed you are. Uh, so thanks, Joe. The rest you send them in. Don't forget, every greatest run ever we receive between uh, before July 10 goes in the draw to win a Tarawera entry. So for the 2150 or 102k do it on with right. the in- on with the interview sebastian salisbury came to our attention when he jumped into a conversation with the mighty barefoot ted he's a uh the mates the dad ted knows his dad they go to hang out at Luis escobar's races and this guy's a 16 year old trail and ultra runner in the united states um, a great conversation uh, with a young man who's who's clearly got his head screwed onto his shoulders, uh, but also he's like very serious, but also all about the enjoyment of movement and having fun in the outdoors, about breaking through expectations and the joy that this little sport of ours gives and the wonder of running. This episode of Dirt Church Radio is 
brought to you by SOS Hydration. Now, SOS Hydration is designed by a doctor for use by the world's best athletes. And for those who push themselves in work, sport, and everyday adventure, it comes in a bunch of great flavors, coconut, watermelon, citrus, berry, and mango. And if you use a special 15% discount code at checkout at soshydration.co.nz, you're going to get 15% off. And stay tuned on our social medias. We're going to be doing a sweet giveaway pretty soon. And that code word is church. That's probably important. soshydration.co.nz All right, we're here with Sebastian Salisbury from Santa Barbara, California. Kia ora, Sebastian. Welcome to Dirt Church Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing well, you guys. I'm thankful that you guys invited me to be on here. And yeah. Well, look, I mean, we you you first sort of came to our attention after the Barefoot Ted uh, conversation that we had. Um, you guys are you guys are neighbors? You live in the same part of the world? Um, not neighbors, but um, he lives like a couple miles away from me. Um, yeah, me and Ted go way back to when I was like eight years old when I did like my first ultra um, at one of Lewis Escobar's races. Um, he was always around there, just like, I didn't really know him at the time, but over time, like, my parents started to get to know him really well, and then I got to know him really well, and um, I just was, started a huge bond between us, and yeah, I love Ted. He's an amazing character, isn't he? You can't help but be enthusiastic oh, yeah. when you're around a character like Ted. Uh, yeah, he really is a character. I love Ted. He's just, like, super enthusiastic, like... I could like be running for like twelve hours, and he can make that go by in like a split second. Yeah, he's he's a super he's a super cool dude. I had the opportunity to interview him once in a uh, for a print publication, and and I'd ask like a and I've said this before. I'd ask like a twenty word question and get a, a thousand word answer back. So he's certainly he's effervescent. But to be oh. clear. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said you've known him since you were eight years old. Those people listening might pick up from from the timbre of your voice that you know you're still quite a young man. How old are you? Oh, I'm actually I'm 16 years old. So basically, half my life ago, <laughs> I met Ted, and that's also when I started doing like running super long distance. But um, I started like hiking around in the mountains when I was around two or three, um, just with my parents as a way to get outside, and then um, small hikes became you know longer hikes into like slowly starting to jog around here and there um and then my dad was an ultra runner um at that time um so I decided to do one with him and um we met this guy who we're like really good friends with now Lewis Escobar who has a few races that um he puts on around our area and like around the world and he was one of the few race directors who let a little eight-year-old boy do a 28 mile race at one of his events so um yeah it's just kept going and i mean how did you it's it's a good thing to to talk about how did you get or how did you broach that conversation as an eight-year-old with your parents hey i want to do a 28 mile race because there's some you know there's different schools of thought on it right like some people are like obviously all in some people saying well Perhaps you know you could wait till you're a bit older, but I mean, how, how did you how did you have that discussion as an eight year old with your parents? Yeah, um, well, it was kind of just like I asked them, that I told them that I wanted to do it, like because at that time I was already hiking around with them a lot, and I kind of wanted to do something bigger. So a few of the rules that they had were um, 
they always have to, they have to be with me at all times. Like I can't go alone in the mountains when I'm eight years old. It's like the perfect prey for a mountain lion out there. Um, uh, it's always about fun. Like it's not about a race, no competition, like always be having fun at all times and just like enjoy it. Yeah. I'm just trying to think there's like a way I could word this better, but just like enjoy where you are when you're out there and like really take everything in and just like, not like be focused so much on like, like just like the running and like the hiking to actually take everything in around me. When you say that time in the mountains, um, is that around home? And I wonder if you could describe um, the terrain and, and, and what you got up to in that time uh, in the mountains and, and what you, you know, what it's like. Yeah. So like all the other kids will usually like, what they do, they like go to the playground, go to the library. Well, like I would just go up in the mountains, which is, they were all basically like right outside my front door. Like I could literally walk there from my house to like um, this trail called Culturing's Trail, which I've been, it's like, that's the trail that I've been going on the most my entire life. And then um, just down the street, down another street, there's like, Romero Canyon Trail, there's Jesusita Trail. So like all the trails that I've been training on my entire life are like very, very close by to each other. And what's the terrain like? Can you describe it a little bit for us? The, the you know, the terrain, the sort of country that you're going into? Um very, very steep, um, very, very rocky. It's like you barely ever get a chance to like go downhill. Or I mean not downhill, to like go flat. It's either down or up all the time so you never really like catch a break out here um but super good for training though it'll get you really fit really fast yeah mm -hmm. and, and can you run from home to the trail here yeah or actually, drive? i do that quite a lot um cold strings trail is just um like a mile and a half away so i'll do a lot of runs where i run from here to the trail run up the trail a little bit and then come down so that's the thing. I mean, you, you're just enjoying your own backyard. It shouldn't be seen as something, I don't know, you, you're just enjoying yeah, exactly. your own environment around you. Exactly. Like people um, see it as like, like, see like because like if you're going to go out in the mountains, it doesn't have to always be like running, like in like constantly like, like working super hard. Like you can just go out and hike out there and it's like still like beautiful and peaceful. Just, it's just relaxing to be out there, you know? Mm, mm, absolutely. You mentioned that Lewis was one of the only race directors who would let you in. What was the reaction of some of those who, who wouldn't let you in? What what were they saying? Um, it was mostly just like liability issues, like with like the um like the permits that they had, like they weren't gonna be liable if I like fell and hurt myself, stuff like that. Um just like so, like they weren't like being like like um discouraging it was just kind of like they weren't allowed to you know i'm sure if you got carried off by a mountain lion i mean you at, at eight you're, you're probably perfect sort of or coyote or eagle or oh. any of the other terrifying wildlife yeah, that no. you have in, in the united states um it's yeah, not a good look exactly. for a race. perfect for them exactly <laughs> so um i'm really intrigued by this and i think it's really encouraging of your parents uh, this notion of as long as it's fun, you know, and when it stops becoming fun, then it's, uh, you know, we're not on board with it at, at that point. Have you kept that sense of, you know, obviously you're, you're a young, you're a young man now, you, you know, you're, you're becoming a young adult. Have you kept that sense of 
of fun going forward in your training? And is that something that, I mean, I know that you're, you're coached by Hayden Hawks. Is that something that, that you carry forward in your training at that notion of it being fun? Well, you know, it's always meant to be fun. The whole act of running itself is fun and like working to get your, you know, get your time faster, like work harder to like improve and achieve what you want to achieve. But there's definitely days where you go out and like, you don't want to go out. It's like really early in the morning and you'd rather just stay home and sit on the couch and relax. And um, sometimes it's not fun to like actually get out of the house. But then um, once you get out of the house, then it's, it's always fun. But it's just like those days where like you don't want to go and it's just like you start telling yourself like, oh, yeah, I can just skip today and maybe go tomorrow. You know, I can just take an off day today. But instead, you just go out and you push through that kind of layer of like comfort. And that's how you really improve, though, is by being able to push through days like that. Tell me, what are your friends? I mean, so for for full disclosure, I have a daughter who's around your age who's trail running, and um, she, her friends don't generally trail run and, and sort of look at her. Uh, they give her a bit of a side eye, you know. <laughs> think that she's a bit a bit mad, really, to to be you know up at all you know up at all hours running out in the trails. What do your friends make of the fact that you're out there, sort of getting after it and and, and doing these things? Because it's not really a typical sixteen year old kind of pastime is it yeah no it's it's not at all but um I'm lucky to have a lot of like most of my friends I've known since like first grade and it's kind of like they just know that about me and like they support me and they encourage it so like it's just kind of like they know it's like a part of me so they're going to support it um but there's been like people that I've like just met before and like I tell them that like I run like 60 mile races and they're just kind of like like they either don't believe me or they just like think that it's weird, but um, I don't really, I don't really care about that because I'm having fun doing it. So I mean, I'm not gonna let people tell me that it's weird and like have that have an effect on me, you know. But uh, most most people that I know and that I hang out with or in I'm around most of the time support it and know that it's kind of just like a part of me, you know. It's just a thing you do and you enjoy. Um, yeah. In the United States, of course, there's a great history of track running and cross-country running and so on at collegiate level or college level, sorry. Is that something that appeals to you? Are you thinking about that or is that just, you know, you love the trail so much that's where you want to stick? What do you want to, th- what do you think about that? Um, well, I, I mean, I do that kind of running just for like only to train for the trails though. Like, for me, just like running around in a circle, like with all due respect to all the track runners out there is just super boring to me. Like, I don't see how you can possibly do that for like, just like for fun. Like people go for fun and run on a track or like, I mean, I actually run on roads a good amount because um, to get faster on the trails, you can train on the roads by um, doing speed workouts. And that will, you know, obviously get you faster on the trails because it's just like, train your leg turnovers and then you can just transfer that over to the trails, make you a better trail runner. Um, but yeah, I've always just had a thing for the trails. It's just like the beauty of it. It's always new, like always something new. You're always going to see like wildlife out there. You never know when you're going to see like a snake or like whatever it is, a coyote, anything. I've actually seen a couple like bears doing it too. So it's just like the adventure is endless out there. 
It's just, I mean, it's something that we've talked about before on the on the podcast. It's just not something that we have to have to worry about. I mean, we, we've out where we run, you know, you get wild pigs, um, and they can, they can be a bit <laughs> sketchy, you know, a wild pig. Occasionally, we see a deer, um, but a bear that's a hard pass. I mean, what do you do? like? Definitely snakes. snakes. Yeah. No, not, <laughs> not having, having them. No, yeah, we don't. No. I mean, we don't even have snakes in the country. So. Um, what uh, what's bear etiquette well the times i've seen bears i'm, wait, I'm trying to think um okay yeah so basically only one time have i seen a bear in santa barbara and only one time i've seen a bear like at a different race that i was doing actually um i forget where it was but it was snowing and um i just saw a bear like rubbing its back against the tree like itching itself and I was like in the middle of a race and it didn't see me. So I was just like, I'm going to just keep going. I'm just going to pretend I didn't see that for now and just think about that later because I didn't want to get like, get it mad at me. Um, and then uh, the time that I saw it in Santa Barbara, um, I was going up this trail. So it was going up like this and then like down below, there was like a creek bed. So if you can imagine like a trail, then down to le- the left, like down below, there's like a creek bed. I was just running on this trail like I always do. I've run on this trail like a thousand times. I looked down and I just see like a black bear just like standing there and um, looking at me. And as I start like, I'm like slowing down because I'm, I never see those. And I start like trying to walk slowly up the trail and it starts like following me down below in the creek bed. And this thing was like six feet tall. So like it was like maybe 10 feet down below, but it was standing up on its like back legs and it was like almost up to me. So I just started, like, kept walking out. My heart was, like, pounding out of my chest. And I was, like, trying to, like, yell at it. And then I just kept walking and eventually, like, went back down, turned around the other way. What's, what's, <sighs> what's... Like, I got my heart rate up a lot, but... Yeah, there's your interval training you just done. got my yeah, heart yeah, rate exactly. up. Just talking about it. Yeah. That's your Pukiko story. Look, it pales in comparison, Eugene. But, like, um, the... What's bear etiquette? What do you do? Do you, are you, do you, do you, like, shout at said bear? Do you, do you just... Um, you just have to try and like look as big as you can. Um, oh dear. try to not like make yourself like look vulnerable because then it'll want to attack you. Um, and also running will trigger like an instinct in their brain that like you're a prey that it wants to hunt. Obviously you don't do that. Um, you don't want to mess with the cubs. Um, if you see like a, a baby bear cub, that's usually not a good sign because like if they see you near it, they're going to assume that you're trying to like attack their cub. And that's, that's like the worst thing that can happen because then mama bear is going to come protecting its child and um, yeah, it's not going to end very well for you. So it's, a, it's almost a counter, it feels uh, decidedly counterintuitive. Don't run, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Because like your instinct is to run. That's why there's so many like deaths from bears. Yeah, I'm certainly, I mean, I would love to come to Santa Barbara and, and, and get after it on the trails, but it would be, a, I, I think the learning curve would be quite steep. So tell us, I mean, how was it yeah. as a, and how is it as a young man, a young person being in an environment um, such as like uh, Luis Escobar's Born to Run Marathons? I mean, how it's, it's, cause it's kind of, it seems like, I mean, it's not the Boston, right? It, it's, it's a bit more fringe, isn't it? Yeah, no, like I know, like, that's like a real, real good community right there. Like I like started going there when I was like, like eight years old, as I said, or like, 
I knew that like I was a part of the community before, but that was when I did my first ultra. Um, and they're just like, all like a, they're like family to me now. It's like my trail running family, you know, it's like, I have that entire community. Like I can go to like born to run and I'll know like almost like, I mean, born to run's kind of exploded into like a huge, like race now where thousands of people come. But, um, when I was doing it, it was like 30 people there and those 30 people or 50 people. I know, I know all of them now. And then it's just like, became like my family and my friends. And it's just like super, super glad to have had like a childhood with those people surrounding me, you know, it's just like really happy looking back. Tell us about the first time you ran it. Um, so I believe I did it with my dad and my sister for the first time. And my sister is eight years older than me. So she was my age now when I was doing it for my first time. Um, and she was also doing her first ultra, but you know, she didn't really run at all. And like, she wasn't interested in it, but like, we just dragged her out there and we were like, just like hiking and walking and jogging along out there, just like having a great time. Um, I don't remember like being sore after either, because at that time I was at such a young age that like, I didn't have any muscle that could like get sore on my body. So I was just like enjoying not feeling anything and just having a great time with my sister and my dad just chatted up the entire way um that's the one thing that my dad like has learned from all these years running with me is that i i talk a lot when i'm running like and he's like out of breath and i'm like it's like chatting up um but yeah that was and then just kind of went by quickly you know because i was talking the entire time what sort of reaction did you get do you remember of the other participants who were also in the race um they were just kind of shocked it was like who like who is this kid that's like now running like this this 28 mile race like this is so unheard of and and those people now that i said before is like the people that like are my really good friends that i've kind of grown up around so they just expect you to be out there now smashing it on the trails yeah so it's kind of it's just kind of been like i started out when i was like eight years old like like just hiking along and now I'm like competing in those same races now with the same people that were supporting me when I was eight years old. Mm. Uh, look, Matt mentioned that you were now coached by Hayden. How did that come about? And can you tell us a bit about what it involves and, you know, how it works? Um, well, I've known Hayden for a couple of years now. I think where did I meet him for the first time? It might have been at Speed, the, you know, Speed Goat 50K. I did that a few years back or no, I did the 20, 28 K and he did the 50 K and, um, I met him there for the first time. And I, like at that point I had been watching him, like his videos on YouTube for like, a long time. Um, and he's just, like one of my idols at the time. And I introduced myself and that was kind of that. And then I met him again at, where was it? I think, I think I might've reached out to him on Instagram and we like, chatted a couple times just kind of talking about like just like what I'm doing and like my training and stuff and this is like a year ago or something um and then I met him again at Western States um last year um yeah we just um there was like a run before Western States the day before and we ran for four miles together and we're just kind of talking about like just like his training and like my training and then after Western States um he reached out to me or no, no, no. I reached out to him because at the time I was still looking for a new coach because I had multiple before, but they just weren't like really working out for me. 
like which wasn't a really good like fit um but then once i reached out to hayden and i found out that he was a coach and i started working with him it was like a perfect fit and he like he combined everything that i needed to become a better athlete um just like and so like people have like a misconception that like running is like to become a great runner you have to only like run every single day but hayden has me doing like running and then i'm in the gym three days a week doing like body like strength training and then a a couple times a week too i'll be doing biking um you know just like cross training for like all all the stuff that um just kind of like all these parts have to come together to become a good runner is not just you know the act of running you know that's a very important part so it's not like he has you on a high mileage program. He's bringing in all these other elements and things. Sort of roughly, how many um, miles would he have you on uh, in a sort of a base training phase? Um, well, currently we're doing a little bit more than usual, but I'm doing around like fifty miles a week right now. So like that's like pretty normal, I'd say, for like a sixteen year old. But um, it's like really quality miles, you know. Like it's like I've always thought like quality before quantity because like if you do like 50 miles that are or like let's say you do 70 miles a week and they're like useless miles and you're not taking anything from them and you're not becoming like sore every day and like or not I mean you don't always want to be sore but um it's just like when you are sore that means that like if you run on top of sore legs you're basically gonna get stronger the next time you go out and do a longer run because Um, that's basically simulating, like if you were in a long race and your legs are starting to get heavy, that's how it's going to feel. So it's, it's good to get used to that, you know? Just thinking about heavy legs and I know that, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of what we do, isn't it? And often we'll be at our job or school or or whatever with heavy (laughs) legs. And I, I, I watched you run the rim to rim, uh, with Max King, and I'm, I'm, I'm betting your legs felt pretty yeah. heavy after that. I mean, how did, how did that come about? I mean, Max King's a, again, he's a, he's, he seemed to have these relationships. He's a pretty famous dude, right? Like, how, how did you, how did you, how did you guys hook up? Uh, uh, so basically, um, the first time I met Max, um, the same day I met Max, I also met Stevie Kramer. It was at um, a meet and greet that was in, Santa Inez, which is like an hour, an hour for me. Um, and I was like 10 years old at the time. And, um, yeah, so I get to this thing and when I was 10 years old, I've already been watching Max on like Solomon TV for like a few years now. And I was like shocked to actually get to meet him because he was actually like one of my idols at the time. Um, because at that time, like Hayden was like barely in the sport because, um, Max was still like really like I mean, Max is still really competitive now, but he was a lot younger at the time. And it was just kind of me getting to know him. And um, he told me about one of these um, camps that he had. Um, and usually it's for like 16 to like 22 year olds. But um, he actually made an exception for me to come to his running camp, his sleep away, like four day running camp um, in Mount Hood, I think was the first year. And he was kind of like skeptical of it at first, but um, it ended up being like, a huge success and I did fine. I kept up with everyone and um, that kind of like, it was what sparked my relationship with Max. And then um, the following two years, I also went to his camp. Uh, I think one of them was 
in the redwood forest, like near San Francisco, kind of. And then there was one more. Oh, Oregon. Yeah, we did one in Oregon. So we did those two camps, and that's just like bonding with Max, like getting to know him better. And um, then COVID came around, and at this point, I'm pretty good friends with Max. And all the races were shut down, and like all the races I had planned were completely closed. And I was thinking, like, what can I do for an adventure? And then like this idea hit my mind about the Grand Canyon. Like I've always been wanting to do that my entire life. And so I pitched the idea to my parents and they said that they think it's a great idea, but a couple of problems were like, I have to have a, a do, an adult supervision with me. And like, they, like I don't want to do it like with my parents because like, it's just kind of like, if I'm going to run the Grand Canyon, I want to run it fast or like not fast, but like, Shots you know, not, not walking. I hope your dad's not in the I mean, background. No, like, no offense. Pull the Wi-Fi on you, dude. I mean, don't worry. They'll they'll laugh at that. But like, it's no offense to them. They know. Like I, um, and then I was just thinking, like maybe I could. My at the time, my current coach Tyler Hansen, who is also he was a really really good ultra running friend of mine, and coached me for a couple of years when I was a lot younger, and he helped me get a lot better. But um, he, I don't think we chose him, but just because like. He was having a kid at the time and he was busy. But um, then the idea came across the head of Max. And at first I was like, wait, there's no way Max is going to do this with me. Like he has to fly all the way out to like Arizona to come to the Grand Canyon with me. And so like, obviously I texted him and I was like, hey, Max, how would you like to run across the Grand Canyon with me? And he was like, oh, I love to. I was like, no way. <laughs> and then it just kind of like, we kind of like coordinated, planned. Um, basically, um, there was like at this time, there was this YouTube channel who wanted to film or get some video from it from um, for a YouTube video. So um, we actually also invited uh, Jessica Brazu. Um, uh, I don't know if you know her. It's, uh, you guys might. It's uh, Jim Walmsley's girlfriend. But, um, yeah, she came with us and she videoed. And so that's kind of how the whole idea started. Right. And, I mean, it, it's such an iconic oh, – it's the Grand Canyon. I mean, it's, it's grand. You know, it's in the name. But it is such, oh, an, it's such an iconic uh, – <laughs> it's, it's such an iconic feature of – well, it's one of the seven wonders of the world, isn't it? Um, yeah, it is. The – did it feel overwhelming? Like those first couple of steps, you know, you're running down uh, the trail down to the bottom and uh, I mean, were you able to stay in the moment or were you a bit overwhelmed by it? Yeah. I found my eyes like, like constantly looking around because it's like, it's like you're like trapped in like this huge, like it's, it's, I can't even put it into words. It's really breathtaking though. Um, but it just felt natural the entire time, you know, like I've been doing this kind of stuff my whole life. So, it's just kind of like running on a trail, but just in the Grand Canyon. With Max King. But but I will say that that is um, my favorite race I've ever done, for sure. Or not race, just run. And, I mean, in terms of, you know, things are very much for you all opened back up now, uh, you know, with the sort of the in terms of racing and, you know, where the, where you're at with the pandemic, I mean, what is your balancing school and balancing, you know, life? I'm not sure if you have a part-time job or, or whatever. I mean, what does your racing calendar look like? 
Um, well, I'm actually homeschooled, so I can just do, you know, my, I have a really flexible, like, independent, like, private school. Like, it's an online private school um, system, so it's very flexible. Um, I can do my work anytime throughout the day and just, like, get it done, you know? Just, like, and it's kind of just, like, whatever I want to learn, I can, like, study instead of, like, having a public school, like, tell me, like, each day, like, what to do. It's just kind of, like, works better for me where I can just learn what I want to learn. And it's just, like, the flexibility I really like. And it makes it a lot easier with running. So I can pretty much do it at any time. So that means I can also run at any time. And um, it's just, it's I have a kind of mastered the balance of just, like, friends and running because I've been doing it for so long. Just kind of, like, find time for everything. Mm. And so... No, no, you go. You, so, I mean, in terms of the racing, I mean, do you have anything lined up? Um, I actually am going to Silverton um, in July for most of, yeah, most of July, actually. Um, we're going to be watching Hard Rock go down out there. So that's going to be really fun. And I'm also doing this run called the Kendall Mountain um race in silverton so um i'll be doing that which is not really like in a high level like importance race for me because i'm currently at like 200 feet above sea level and then i'm going down to silverton which is 10,000 feet above sea level and then doing a race the next day so that's just not going to go well if i try and push so i'm just taking it really easy um try and make the best of it but um yeah it's gonna be fun to watch killian and francois have a battle at hard rock though that'll be super fun it, uh, yeah i mean it it feels it, it with it being you know postponed and they had the snow and then the pandemic it seems like that you know people are just gagging for it and it's going to be a real um a real int- uh, 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 people are are really turning up for the not that anyone doesn't for hard rock but people are people are turning up do you, do you have any predictions um, yeah, I think Killian's going to win. I mean, it just, I know I answered really fast, but it seems like Killian has always been someone that I've looked up to since absolute day one. Like, and like, especially now it's like people like kind of are starting to like not forget about him, but like, he's not showing up to as many races, but every single race that he enters, he wins like every single one. Like he's like consistent with it. Like, I just don't see unless like, Jim would be there. I don't see like how you could possibly bet against Killian, even though Francois is also obviously very accomplished, multiple time UCMB winner, Western state champion, I believe maybe not. I actually don't think so, but nonetheless, he's still one of the greats of all time. So it should be fun to watch. Super. It it sure will be fun to watch. Hey, you mentioned Killian, and I was just thinking in relation to him. I mean, you, you know, he, he's someone. He's someone who also grew up in the mountains, um, running. Well, not even just running, but just spending time in the mountains in a way that you've had that opportunity too. Obviously, not in Spain, but um, you know, and you've kind of had that opportunity to be surrounded by people. Um, who are pretty high performing in our sport, and so I guess it sort of normalizes things for you. You're not coming at it from these are sort of hum- superhuman people. Um, I just, you know, that's really going to hold you in good stead as you progress um, with trail running, isn't it? 
Yeah, no, I've kind of, I've gotten that a lot. That's just kind of like me and Killian do have that in common. Like, I don't think a lot of people have taken the approach of just like, or not, not really the approach, just like having had the opportunity to be outside at such a young age. I feel like that's just like extra experience that other people don't have. Um, like, um, like obviously it doesn't matter that much, but I feel like it's just a benefit to have grown up in the mountains and then doing ultra running later. It's just, it just feels like a blessing, honestly, like, because I was enjoying it and I feel like it's also going to help later too. Mm, absolutely. Look, what do we need to do as a sport to get more young people involved and see it as something that is achievable and fun and, and not sort of daunting or unreachable are there things we can do um well i feel like not like in the actual sport of ultra running but i feel like a lot of people don't really understand what it's about it's not just about like i mean for like when my friends see me like running they just see me like like in like they see it as like i'm just like torturing myself out there just like boiling my ass off in like 100 degree weather running for miles and miles but um i feel like if they like, if more kids would just like go on hikes with their parents or just like go outside in the mountains and start to actually appreciate like the world and like the trees and the greenness of like the outdoors, that more people would start to fall in love with it over time. Because like, I don't know, I just feel like it's so natural and like, I just don't see how you couldn't really like enjoy being outside in some way, shape or form. And I just feel like being outside in the mountains, whether it's just like, like literally hiking that could like turn into something that you never thought could be real and like running, you know, just like with me, it started out with hiking and then it became way more than mm. that. Yeah. It's just moving in the outdoors environment, isn't it? Sort of rather than seeing it as running, just being mm. in the outdoors and enjoying that experience. Yeah. I feel like running has a lot of like hate behind it. Like it's just like, no one likes running. Like who would want to run, you know, like who would do that to themselves? So it also just is, it's just healthy for you. It's good for you. And, um, I've gotten a lot of people who have like, it's like on my Instagram and like when I was like a, like a YouTube video about me or something, um, people will be talking about like how it's super unhealthy, like for youth to be like running, um, like really long distances, which, um, I can like, honestly, like see how that people could think that, but, um, like, I just don't see why people would say if there's like literally, like there's been no scientific proof of that having like running having any cause on like like my knees or anything and um like even when i'm older i just i don't think that will happen but um i don't usually say anything back because i'm not going to try and stoop down to their level you know it's just stupid to do that Mm, mm, absolutely i mean i've been a runner my whole life and i've heard it many times even from relatives oh it's bad for you it's bad for you knees or, or whatever um but you know i wasn't running ultras as as a young person like you are so you know i can't imagine what you get subjected to uh from people saying those sorts of things to you um in a kind of discouraging kind of yeah, way yeah it's just kind of like telling me to like oh yeah great job out there um your knees will be blown out by the time you're 30 years old and like it's just i mean it makes me laugh honestly but like i don't i just like I don't really care. It's just like, I just like move on and just like, because like, and then like, I won't say anything, but usually like someone will reply to them and just tell them to like, it'll usually be someone on Instagram with like, like zero posts, no profile picture, <laughs> like 10 followers and just like 
nothing better to do with their day than just to like purposely just criticize people for no reason. So yeah, in, in my experience in in real life, um, and without showing throwing shade, it's it's always people who look like they could benefit from going for a run who say those things and exactly. You know, like, I don't know, you know, like a kind of think I know what I'd rather be doing in terms of um, trying to achieve a healthier lifestyle yeah, later on. Like uh, there's literally no reason that they need to do that. Like they should like, like, like if they could actually listen to what I was saying, then like they could actually benefit from, or like what I'm trying to say to like as much of the world as I can about the benefits of going on, going on trail runs. And it's like also the difference between, um, trail running and road running is just like when you're in the city like just like you're constantly like you're, there's always like or not even in stage just like in the real world like you're always just like you're just like you have stresses you have you have work school like everything that can make you feel like stressed and like anxious um and that not that running in like the city can't like make that go away it's just like running can itself but um when you're in the mountains um, and you're just like all alone out there and you're just surrounded by these huge trees and like, you can like just feel the wind in your face. It just like, it makes all that, or at least for me, it just makes it go away and feels really good. I think one of the things that I'm most, I have the most kind of admiration for your generation is the fact that when Eugene and I grew up being old buggers pre-internet pre-cell phone, pre-Instagram, pre-Facebook, pre-Twitter, pre-MySpace. You probably never heard of that. Uh, it was before you were born. Um, we didn't have this kind of, if someone wanted to say something to you negatively or positively, they generally either said it to your face or they had to phone you on a landline or they might write you a letter, which, you know, in itself takes the heat out of it. I think the fact that you guys are just, I, I, I really, I just, I'm full of admiration for your generation and the generation sort of, you know, around that, that you, you know, you, you, yeah, you post something great on Instagram or whatever saying I've had the best day done this and some troll can just like hammer you with a negative comment, press send. And then it, it, I just, I, I don't know how you guys do it actually. Cause it would drive me and does drive me insane. So hats off. I just like, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of like, I've ne su surprisingly like you would think that like maybe like at first like I was like like sad or like offended by it and then over time it got better but I've just like simply never cared at all <laughs> since like day one if anyone said anything bad because like I know like or at least now like I know what I'm doing when I'm running I'm not trying to sound overconfident but I don't I don't see like why or like the point in anyone trying to do that in the first place but it's not really offensive to me and, like, it's a lot easier for people to, like, be hiding behind their keyboards and say, like, something negative. But, like, I've never had – I mean, like, other than, like – yeah, no, not, I've never really had anyone ever come up to me and say anything bad to me in real life, which is – it's just, you know, it's either, like – because it's many of the people that I'm around are, like, people I know and, like, the runs that I do and, like, people know who I am and, like, don't hate on me. Like I said, like, it's not – usually the runners and the people who actually know what they're talking about that will criticize you. It's like the random, random people like that, like have no idea what they're talking about. Like, you know, that, like just decide to say what they think and not the actual truth. But do you think it's, I mean, do you think 
and I don't know if this experience still carries on. It's something that Eugene says quite a lot, and I, I agree completely, that running, I mean, traditionally, in terms of athletic achievement, is used as punishment. You know, team sports, what do you do? If you if you make a if you if you're late to practice or you make a, a mistake at training or something, what do you do? You're running laps of the field. You run laps of the field to warm up. You run laps. Of, it, it's it's is it still sort of perceived by people of your generation as something you know that is a punishment? Running? Yeah. Like I don't know if you play team sports. No, or? no, no, no. Um, I did growing up a lot, and it was just kind of like. Like, the coaches, like, during, like, when I did cross-country season would, like, make me run, like, extra just to, like, you know, just, to, they just, they just did. And I was not, I didn't complain. Like, like, I, it was never, running has never been a punishment for me. But, um, like, as I said before, like, it can be, it can, like, like, trail running, like, we're talking about it and I'm saying all the stuff that I've done. Like, but, like, when I was younger, like, now. Um, like the runs I go on, they're really hard. Like I have to like push like harder, like than I would like to just, that's how you get better. Like my, like I'll barely be able to like catch my breath or like breathe like when I'm running or like not really because I have really strong lungs, but, um, it's just like constant, like it just feels like constant torture, like during the moment. But, um, it's like the burning feeling in your legs, it just keeps getting stronger and stronger. Um, but yeah, it's never like like a punishment. It's just like um, something that I have to go by is like never easy and it's always worth it. Never easy, always worth it. Um, I don't know if you've heard that quote before. I don't know exactly who is it, who it's from, but I mean, it's a yeah. It's, there's many like it, right? It's a it's a, it's a great quote. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just always fun. Where, what does the future hold for you? Do you have aspirations, um, well, plans, goals, or are you just taking it as it comes? I like I like to spend my entire life running if I can. That's the goal. I want it to be a lifestyle for me. Um, and I do have a lot of plans. Like I want to win big like races. Like that's like what I'm trying to go for. Is just like take it slow now, but like build up more and more and more into like my actual adult adulthood, and um, hopefully be able to win some of the big hundred milers out there when I'm older. That that's what I would like to do. What's the furthest you've run so far? Um, I've done a, a 100K. Um, I've done 200K. So that's like 64 miles to those who don't know, or 62, 62 and a half, actually. Um, and um, I've, one of them was black, the Black Canyon 100K, which um, when I was 13, I qualified for Western States with my time by doing that. Um, but it's just kind of like all, like all I can say, like, I qualified for Western States when I was 13, but obviously I wasn't going to run Western States when I was 13. Like not only like would I not do it if I had the chance, but like you're not allowed to until you're 18. But um, mm. yeah. When do you think you will step up to the 100 mile? Have you thought about that and the timing of that? Um, well, when I was younger and I wasn't really coached that much, um, I was just kind of like signing up for a 30 mile race here, 15 mile race here, 60 mile race here, like a one mile race here. Like it didn't really matter. But now, um, since I'm working with Hayden, we're focusing more on like, like, calming down the distance a little bit and doing more like 25 k's, 30 k's, just kind of like that 15 mile, 16 mile distance. And then each year that goes on, um, we're gonna increase it. So maybe next year we'll, I'll be doing 50 k's, and then like 50 miles after that, and just like because 
Hayden has like a multi, like he sees us working together for like a few years, if not longer, just like building a bond over time. And, um, you know, I, the way he's training me so far feels great. And it's just, we have a really good connection. It's working out really well. Yeah. It sounds like you really think about those things because, you know, it's good that you do. Cause I imagine you get lots of opportunities. People now saying, come and run in my race and, you know, you've got to weigh up. Is that going to work for me? Is that working in terms of where I am? And you, you got to weigh those sorts of things up, don't you? Yeah. Like I have a couple A races and a couple B races throughout the year. A race meaning like ones I'm like trying to do really well on B races, just like getting more experience racing, like not really like whatever happens, happens, but try your best, but like not really going for anything specific. Um, it's also what we're doing right now by doing that. It's just like getting more familiar, even though, you know, I've done a lot of races with just like the, like the act of like competing in races, like going for the win. Um, just like doing that as much times as like, as I can just to like, you know, get used to like what I need to do, like how many calories I need to take in when I should be drinking, like what I should be drinking, whether that's like, um, like, what's it called? Like, like goo, um, energy drinks, just like stuff like that. Just kind of mastering each distance as I go on. will I feel like take me a long way also just like having that extra experience will really help. Yeah. It's every time you put your, you know, put your shoes on, lace them up. It's an opportunity to learn, isn't it? It's, you know, when you go on races, it's an opportunity to learn your, your, your race craft, you know, knowing, you know, things like nutrition, but also knowing when to push it, how much you can push it and, so, yeah, it really is kind of an education, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and, like, I feel like also, like, running, like, another reason that, like, I love running so much is, like, as you said, like, um, when you put your shoes on, it's always a chance to learn. So whenever, like, I, I go out on a run and um, I feel that, like, I'm, like, working too hard, I can, like, slow down a little bit and um, the next time I'm there, or like this is like during races, like I didn't mean runs. Um, and the next time I would do it, like I'll know that I should have slowed down a little bit more there and kept a little bit more energy for it at the end. It's just, you're always, always learning. Mm. We, we talked about the, the negative things about social media, but I imagine, you know, there's lots of positives for it too and that you've been able to, you know, use it uh, in, in some positive ways or gain some, you know, goodness from it. What are the, what are the ways in which you have been able to get some good things um, out of it? Well, I feel like social media, or I mean, like ultra running is kind of like, it's a lot about like being like a personality, like if you know what I mean, like, 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 like companies will want people that like are like have a good personality and like can actually like, like represent them well. And I feel like social media is a good way to just like kind of like show everyone who I am. And, um, it's just like brought, I've met a lot of people through Instagram who then I've met at races in real life. It's just like kind of like a way to like, you know, interact with people, people can get to know who I am. Um, and then the more I grow on Instagram, the more people that will that I'll eventually get to meet or, I mean, you know, it's just kind of like, I feel like, it, like social media is overall a positive thing just because, you know, creating like pictures for everyone to see is fun. Um, and I don't personally really like notice or care about any of the hate that happens. So it's, and I know a lot of people do, but for me, it's just like, I've always liked it, you know? <laughs> 
I wish I had your confidence. Um, it, it's so, I mean, I, I, again, I think about, I mean, this, this is how uh, we first connected uh, through Instagram. And uh, Eugene, I'm just reminded of our discussion with John O'Wyatt. You know, one of the most dominant, I mean, I don't know if you know who John O'Wyatt is, Sebastian. Uh, I don't think so. No, I mean I might look him up. Google him. He's a, he's a he's a, he's from he's from Aotearoa, New Zealand, and he's one of the what'd you say, Eugene? One of the most dominant mountain athletes. He's won more world mountain running championships than anyone else who ran at the Olympics and stuff. But he came through sort of just just before, uh, just before, just before it really kind of yeah, just before social, just before like the golden I, I, age of just before you know like when Unbreakable was kicking off and that kind of yeah, yeah. and he was talking about that's he'd like, have to like really- cut out his uh, cut out his newspaper clippings and send them into sponsors, you know, like and I imagine again it's yeah. just such a different world, right? Yeah, no, I, I for sure. Um, I feel like that was like Unbreakable was like really early, like, like that's when like Killian was still like becoming good. That's that's really early on. Yeah, no, it was, and so he was the he was the era immediately before that. You know, he's talking about this sort of this. Okay, yeah, he was just this. You know, as as Eugene said, one more mountain world championships than any other other person has, uh, and and yeah, he's he yeah, cutting I, out his clip, cutting out his newspaper article. Ooh. And sending I, them into. I feel like I'd know um, him by face. Sending them I, into sponsors if I saw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different times. Look, as we've been talking, I've been reflecting that you know you've been um, in your lifetime already been surrounded by some of these legends of the sport, and you know even participated uh, in events and, and adventures with them, and and even you know going to some of these amazing races. I mean, I think lots of New Zealand trail runners would give their right arm to be able to go to a race like. Hard Rock or, or Western States, even just to watch. So, you know, it, it's been um, a magnificent opportunity for you to be part of, you know, all these things and what is still a niche sport. Yeah. Um, I feel like, like social media, like maybe I wouldn't have gotten to meet some of the people that I have because of it, whether it was them reaching out to me or me reaching out to them, like, like maybe just like talk, you know, I feel like that's another benefit of it also. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of like throughout my life, I've pretty much met like, and, um, I'm meeting, I'm going to get to meet Killian in July at like, and like around the hard rock area. So that will kind of like complete my, my running, like the, like the greatest of all time runners. Like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like I've met a lot of people that I wanted to meet. Well, yeah, it'd be quite interesting to meet Killian Jornet, I think, wouldn't it? It's, uh. I wonder, yeah, yeah. Do you have any, I mean, are you going to have to do some deep breathing practices or are you just going to do what it would appear that you always don't just kind of rock up and introduce yourself? Yeah, um, I feel like I've met, when I met um, Jim Walmsley, I was pretty nervous for the first time. I can't really remember, but um, yeah, I've met him like a, a lot of times now and we're like, I know him pretty well, but uh, Killian's just kind of like, I did, I did a, um, an interview or like a podcast with him one time, but I never met him in real life. And I've literally been like watching him f- for 10 years. So I'll definitely be the most nervous I've ever been meeting someone because I've just like seen so much about him. Like, like I, I, I just, I feel like I already know him. So, you know, it shouldn't be that hard, but I'll still be very nervous. And it, it's just gonna be weird because I'm a lot taller than him too. So 
<laughs> Don't put your elbow on a shoulder. They hate that. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's not the move. All right, Sebastian, look, you've been so generous with your time, and it just it strikes me that you've oh, packed yeah, of in. Course. I mean, for you know, you're 16 years old. Uh, you've packed a lot into your into your young life and, and it's amazing we wish you every success for the future and we are we're going to ask you we'll close this out we're going to ask you the same question that we ask everyone who comes on Dirt Church Radio and that's Sebastian Salisbury what's been your greatest run ever? My greatest run ever that that's a really good question is it like race or like just doesn't run? have to be a race just something that really sticks in your core that's such a hard question to like ask, but um, let me think. I I'm split between two. Um, you want me to just yeah, say go both? On, you can have two. All right. So the first one would be the Grand Canyon, um, with Max and Jess, just because that was just like being around the Grand Canyon and running eight miles all downhill and then, like. 16 miles all uphill and just like the like the different areas of the Grand Canyon and then at the bottom at this place called Phantom Ranch we got like Arnold Palmer's and we just like sat down had a break like had like a snack down there like it was just like everything was perfect about that day and I had a great time um I never had any bad moments I mean I got pretty tired near the top and it was starting to get pretty hot and um I slowed down a little bit but it's just it's I can't really put it into words, like how amazing that day was for me. I was watching, and you can probably. Understand. Oh no, I was watching the vi- I was watching like, the video, and and I, you know, it is it's just so iconic, and it's such a. But the Arnold, I didn't understand what that was, and then Arnold Palmer. I mean, we do. Everyone likes an Arnold Palmer, right? Like, is that like ice? Uh, yeah, it's I know. iced tea and lemonade. Sorry, what? It's what like, is it? yeah, iced tea and lemonade. <laughs> it's uh, very good, very good stuff, and it's also very refreshing. <laughs> So, yeah, sounds good. What's your second um, run? The second run would be Nine Trails. And Nine Trails, I'll, I'm talking about Nine Trails, just kind of like basically it's one, another one of Lewis's races. And unlike Red Rock or Born to Run, these are 30 mile races. This and those have maybe like, like 6,000 feet, which like, or like 5,000 feet or 4,000 feet, which seems like a lot for like a young kid to do. And Nine Trails, and this is when I was 11. So a year after, two or three years after I did Red Rock, um, it's 35 miles with um, 12,000 feet of climbing. And um, that, um, my dad originally talked to Lewis. And that, this is after a couple of years, I did a few of his races. And, um, but this was kind of like a, a whole new thing to ask because Nine Trails was kind of like a whole new ball game. And um, originally Lewis said that I should probably just do half of it because um, – Nine Trails is literally the trails out my back door, and um, it just connects all the Santa Barbara Front Country trails together to make a 17-and-a-half-mile out and back, which is, to this day, one of the hardest races I've ever done. And um, when I was 11 years old, um, I set out with my dad, and we completed Nine Trails, and it was one of the most accomplish, accomplishing feelings I've ever felt in my life because not only did I do half, I decided to just you know, finish, finish the entire race. And I got to talk. My dad got a lot of talking for me that day, just like <laughs> all day he, we were grinding and I was talking the entire time to him. Um, and then the next year it's just kind of like, I kept doing nine trails and, um, actually just this year I won the nine trails relay, 
so that's uh, just like half of it but um I just feel like I've come a long way like in nine trails and I've done it like a couple times before that um but yeah it's just very memorable for me yeah, what a what a you know how good that you've had a race that you've been able to measure yourself mm. against, as it were. Yeah. Like I'm I'm kind of surprised that your greatest friend ever wasn't um, that time that you fought off um, yeah, a yeah. beer. You know that you steered down a beer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it's, imagine yeah, that, that was pretty, a, pretty that great run as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I've only seen two bears, so it was good. That's, it was a very. That's, it, that's it, enough. That's like my, one of my most memorable yeah. runs. I'll say. Look, Sebastian, thank you so much for coming on Dirt Church Radio. We wish you all the success for the future and um, just, yeah, keep having fun, man. Like, honestly, I, it's wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, keep being you. Thank you so much. Keep being yeah. you. Thank you guys both very much. It was great talking to you guys. Bears are terrifying. No doubt about it. I really want to go run no in America, but just the wildlife. Mm. Can't handle it. Mm. Mm. You know. Um, in fact, but, Lola and I went but, for a run the other day, and uh, I was about to text you, we got sort of uh, a bunch of Pukeko did a, like a pincer move on us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not the same as bears, but still. Terrifying. Terrifying. Swamp chickens. Uh, look. You know, but America also has running the room to room with Max King. Yes. Um, it has going to the bear, you know, to the... Uh, born to run? Born to run runs. Um, so, yeah. Go, Sebastian. Thank you so, so much. That was an amazing conversation. We we really enjoyed it, didn't we? Um, Absolutely, 100%. Uh, sometimes we bought our dad game, but, um, <laughs> you know, that's who we are. So thanks for putting up with that too, Sebastian. And we so look forward to seeing where you go. And please remember us when you're famous. Um, look, thank you very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio, uh, and you can email us dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, like and subscribe if you fancy, and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. Don't forget to write in with your greatest run ever. It could win you a Tarawira entry until July 10th. We'd love to hear from you, and you can read them on the website too. Thank you to our sponsors, Scott Running Further Faster, CLE, Currents, and thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things and SOS Hydration. Thank you to our editor, Kieran. See you on Saturday at our live show. And if you can't make it, tune in for it next week. Matewa. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>